Welcome to Women in Business, the podcast that celebrates the incredible achievements and stories of inspiring women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Erin Book. I'm thrilled to have you join me on this empowering journey of women in business. Throughout this podcast series, we'll delve into the remarkable achievements, triumphs and challenges faced by women entrepreneurs who have defied the odds and made their mark in the business world. In this episode, our special guest is Courtney Farrow, Director of Bloom Creative. With decade-long expertise in digital content creation, Courtney kick-started her journey with a blog at just 16. Today, Bloom Creative serves global software companies, creating engaging content across different platforms. Join us as we talk about where she started and what advice does she have for other women in business. Let's begin. Tell everybody who you are and what is it that you do. Oh, thank you for that introduction. Very kind of you. Um, yeah, so I'm Courtney Farrow and I'm the director of Bloom Creative. Um, and basically what we do is do content creation, copywriting, social media management, sort of in uh, most things within the digital marketing sphere um, and content marketing sphere um, for an uh, array of clients, but mostly in the software and tech sector um and yeah that's pretty much keep it short and sweet that's pretty much what uh, roughly what I do so <laughs> so were you always good at writing uh and doing that part of the job so we'll start off with the whole copywriting mm-hmm. side of mm-hmm. it yeah did you follow the route of a writer through your education were you always going to be mm-hmm. a writer or did you go down a different path um it's an interesting one because yeah I think if you're even though I write for a living I don't I never really see myself like as a writer and I also as when I speak to other writers if they've got books or you know I have this uh, weird thing where I think oh you're a proper writer even though I write for a living technically so I am a writer um I suppose it's just the pains of being a writer when you, you can't really quite admit it to yourself um yeah it's an it is interesting I've always been interested in writing from a very young age um, but no, I, I didn't come to, to this like the traditional route. Um, so I was originally going to do marine biology at university and I was wow. always interested in that. Um, but I was also got a big interest in history as well. Um, so when I started doing A-levels, I completely uh, failed uh, my chemistry A-level. And I remember being sat in the classroom, like absolutely hating science and like well, the chemistry side of it and biology side of it, I loved, but hated it and thinking, actually the lesson that I'm really comfortable in and that I really enjoy is history um, and obviously some people might be thinking that's completely different to what you know marketing what's that got to do with marketing and writing but actually there's so many like transferable skills with history that's led me down this path so and at the same wrong idea history mm-hmm. and history GCSE it's not that you're just regaling facts about history mm-hmm. you have to write big essays yeah and like, exactly all these transferable skills come into it so uh, digesting information and then repackaging it into something that's you know um readable and like understandable for you know modern readers i guess um but at the same time i started doing um in a, a hobby uh, blog blogging it was a good well maybe about 10 years ago now I've always been interested in like the online world from like well when we got the internet when I was just kind of a, a young teenager I guess didn't always have the internet um started doing blogging um and continued that throughout doing my degree I ended up doing a degree in history um continued to do the blogging not really seeing it as something that was a a job 
really I didn't really recognize it and at the time blogging and stuff wasn't as big as it is now um anyway eventually spoke to some of the bloggers um, <laughs> and was like thinking about what am I earth am I going to do after graduating because I knew I didn't want a corporate quote corporate job um and I ended up yeah sort of falling into the marketing sphere really but now when I look back at it in hindsight I was probably always going to go down some sort of creative and writing route because like I said from a very young age I was writing like little books for myself and always had this dream of doing something to do with writing but it, it might not be a traditional sense so hopefully that gives a I'll stop waffling on <laughs> no you're not waffling at all you were making me think that I read an article yesterday um when I was making content for myself that um it said one of the myths about um, blogging and content writing and things like that is that you have to have a degree in marketing uh, mm -hmm. and digital marketing and everything like that. And you'd really don't because it's a mm -hmm. profession that you can use transferable skills. Um, mm -hmm. And it actually comes in handy to have more than just learning about the, the stats of marketing. I think it makes you mm -hmm. more relatable to the people that you're trying to get to read your okay. copy mm -hmm. so yeah i thought that was quite good and it made me feel better because mm -hmm. obviously i don't have a degree in digital mm -hmm. marketing or anything there is, like that. yeah exactly there is a lot of people out there who haven't got gone down that traditional marketing route um i think you know it, it gives you a background if i did go and do i am kind of a, an academic at heart so there's always this niggling thing at the back of my head that thinks oh but i haven't got a qualification in marketing so i'm not saying i've never thought that um but actually yeah being on social media and promoting my own stuff from quite a young age um and you know for over the past 10 years it's helped me see like the culture of the internet and you know that kind of thing rather than just like theory based stuff so i think it has given me a, a unique insight and obviously everyone's past different but one thing i do always say i want to do is try and not maybe get a, not get a degree in marketing but do more focus when I've got time within my business to up my sort of certification level or take some more more formal courses potentially with like CRM or you know I know there's a few digital courses you can do um, just so I've got that there as well like the actual theory as well as the practical um, it would you don't worry me, though that it's such a fast-paced thing and mm -hmm. that software and hardware and internet is just it is just zipping along so quickly that by the time mm -hmm. that you've got accreditation in something that that actually could be no longer needed because it's moved on so much yeah potentially i think that's probably what i tell myself because I, I never <laughs> i always think it would be good to go back and learn stuff but um sometimes i just don't have the time within running a business and all the other hats you've got to wear um I'm yeah i think there is an element in, to that i was gonna say i'm a big believer mm -hmm. in i wasn't very academic even though um my family would say that I was, you know, I did the A-levels and I went to university. Um, but I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I found it really hard to focus on writing my essays for university and everything. What I liked to do was to learn about stuff that I wanted to learn about and to research it, you know, and that's, yeah. see, I've got a history thing. I love history and it's about mm -hmm. researching. Mm -hmm. So when I went into becoming, uh, when I started teaching primary school, that I used to say to the children, that um, you know, like history is really is opinion related, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's someone's perception of the time. So mm -hmm. I used to say to them, the best thing you can ever do is go and do your own research and do your mm -hmm. own learning. I'm only here to give you the guidelines. You then need mm -hmm. to go and find out, go and research it, go check that I'm right. And if I'm not right, come back and mm -hmm. tell me. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I found that as I've got older, I am, especially with this job, I am, if I'm not working for my clients or doing my own social media, I am researching because everything changes, mm -hmm. especially on Instagram. Everything changes so quickly that in my spare time, I am studying. And I prefer to do that than to, um, I suppose, which probably might go against me, than to mm -hmm. go get an accreditation. Because no, it is, it is true. Yeah, because if you think about, you know, how, like you say, Instagram specifically and specific social media platforms, like they're always changing. I struggle to keep up with it. There's some stuff, you know, well, like you'll know, you'll you'll have mentioned to me, I couldn't even get on this Facebook Live today, if that makes sense. <laughs> and like little things like that, that just because I'm not doing them every day for clients, like I think, oh, this is a different thing. So it is true, you know, to keep, like, like I mentioned before, it, it's so hard to keep up with that internet culture and the different themes and the different uh, trends that are happening um so yeah an accreditation wouldn't give you that i think the more sort of formal uh, theories behind digital marketing and marketing i think that was kind of what i was more um talking about so the ones that right. never really change yeah um but specifics on social media and stuff i think the best thing you can do is just get stuck in and try a few things i might say research see what other people are doing um, not all the time, obviously, not copying off, off all the time because you know who knows that they'll be right or wrong. But yeah, get out I there and experiment. On, um, but it, it is helps. true. Sometimes it is just it's it's about learning from other people who are doing it. it. Doesn't necessarily have to be a formal, you know, qualification or anything. Um, and that's probably why I tend not to. I've not ever done one because I think, oh, you know, there's this interesting article that someone who's who's using this platform every day is talking about. Or even if it's like a TikTok video or something like that, that's thirty seconds. Or you know that I've think, oh, that's a great tool. Like I've the tool I send you across this morning, it transcribes videos. I found that on a TikTok video, and now I'm like using it within my business. So it can, you know, learning doesn't necessarily have to be sitting down and doing a course uh, in a lecture yeah. theatre all the time so um definitely learned that that that's that's a good one too <laughs> see i told you she's a fountain of knowledge and she does send me messages and then i suddenly have to go and find this new thing because oh, like, no, 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 that's a good thing I and then i've been busy today so i didn't yeah. reply but I'm, i am going to be looking at it yeah so the next question is about um being a woman in business mm -hmm. have or in the line of work like through education or your business mm -hmm. have you had any negative or positive mm -hmm. or one of each or whatever because you were a woman yeah this is a difficult one because i know you sent me the questions beforehand so i was thinking about this and i almost my my gut reaction is always no like everyone i work with um is like really positive i work with in a quite a male dominated environment with working in the tech sector and a lot of my sort of business connections are men um, and most of them have been, you know, 100% supportive and, you know, that that on the surface of things that that I, I will always stand by that. Some of my greatest sort of mentors and people who have built me up have been men who have helped. Um, but obviously there is some. I don't know there's, there's, it's, it's hard to quantify and I think this is this is the thing with like sort of sexism the cop the, the 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 topic of sexism or women's issues it is sometimes that subtle thing maybe it's confidence within yourself because you feel like like I definitely have imposter syndrome which it definitely affects men as well I've spoken to men about it and you know um definitely affects all all genders um 
but you know it is quite common within this within women as well I spoke to a lot of women in business and it's this oh what if they find out you're um actually like a 12 year old girl and you can't do your job it's kind of that feeling um and that's that's how I sum it up and like I felt like that you know I feel like that and I will feel like that in the future on certain things and it's not necessarily like it's a disadvantage created by a certain person or a certain gender or anything like that but it is that kind of challenge that you come across um but yeah I was trying to think of specifics um actual outright sexism obviously there's always going to be people in your life that um uh, there's the, going to be the comments or certain situations where you think if I was a man I don't think I'd have been trekked that way um so there's definitely been situations like that but luckily I'm in the position and have the confidence now to be able to like remove those people from my life and realize I think you know the more you go through business and the more even life in general you don't have to run your own business you realize that actually those people don't aren't if they're not going to be inclusive you know they're not really for me and you surround yourself by people who are going to build you up whatever the gender um so yeah definitely i think there's definitely even in, within the past sort of few months there's been situations where even other people i've told about the situations have said but if you were a man do you think you would have been trekked like that and it's unfortunate because it's it's then that question of yeah but am i am i just putting myself am i just thinking gendered like am i thinking oh because i'm a woman this and you can't quantify it there's no facts there there's no yes that would definitely happen if i was a man it would have i would have been trekked differently so yeah it's a bit of a difficult one um yeah i think that's my answer on that <laughs> no no i agree it's sort of like um i was in a clubhouse room this morning and they were talking about multitasking mm -hmm. and then they got into the subject of are we trained to believe that we're capable of multi multi multitasking better than men mm -hmm. you know is that true or is that just something we've been mm -hmm. told that we could do uh, and that opened up discussion so going with where you like people saying to you do you not think that that would be different it, you have that whole well should i say anything or am i just being overly sensitive Mm -hmm. and are making an issue when there is a very yeah it's, that's a very gendered thing as well being called overly sensitive or bossy or you know that you, you there's been graph things that i've read in graphics i've seen that have like you know if you were a man you're taking leadership if you're a woman you're bossy or yeah, and no. i've never personally been called bossy or anything um definitely oversensitive yeah definitely oversensitive i've got called that and um or have you let your emotions make that decision for you that was one that I, within the last year actually um and again it's not like a hundred percent i can say they wouldn't have said that to a man but you know if we're all here now let's admit it like you probably wouldn't have said that you would probably be amended for your decision making or commended for your decision making not mm. oh are you sure you're thinking rationally are you sure you're, you're is this gonna is this an emotional decision um so i think yeah and there is also that question as well. I could talk all day about like um, sort of w women's issues or women's um, women in business and stuff like that. And, you know, the representation in business of all different. And that, that's not just covering women. Um, what was See, it? I would say that I'm not a feminist, but right. I, I am married to a, a man who is, I won't say this often, but quite. <laughs> brilliant really mm -hmm. he is very in touch with he hasn't got he, he always jokes that uh, he's comfortable with his feminine side you know mm -hmm. he does because of my health and everything he does the washing he does all that and then my mm -hmm. kids have always tried to bring up that um 
you know, like a feminist kind of attitude, you know, you don't treat women like mm-hmm. that and things like that. And then other, uh, even though I, you know, I pound it out of my children, not that I pound it because they're grown men now, but, um, and not that I hit them when they were young either. God, what does that sound like? <laughs> uh, but Peter still yeah. would come home from school with, men- is it monogenistic statements? Yeah, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, where the hell have you got that from? And again, picking mm-hmm. it up from their peers. Yeah. They pick up so much from their peers that even if you're a woman trying to teach your own children mm-hmm. that they should not have this stereotype of what women are capable of and you shouldn't mm-hmm. go, is it the time of the month, mother? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah. They've learnt it from other people. So it's like really hard. It's mm-hmm. the, do you, like you said, like I said, do you accept that, oh, maybe I'm being a bit sensitive or do you go, actually... I want to look into this and mm-hmm. maybe this would happen if I was a this maybe this wouldn't happen yeah. if I was a man. See, it's I'm an interesting now, one as well. I get on my soapbox when we get on no, I, I really, really hate the way that men can talk to women. And mm. I've had many an argument with a man, especially from small villages that I've lived in over the years that have had attitudes mm. and you can see yeah, my traditional. very vocal when they start to mm-hmm. come out with like that excuse the language mm-hmm. um and i will stand up and go who who are you talking mm-hmm. to don't you dare talk to me like that uh, it's also your own internal um like your own internal misogyny as well so i definitely have checked like and you'll continue to do this with other issues as well but like you think to yourself am i thinking that way because i'm i'm like a, a misogynist i think it's a different word if you're a woman and a misogynist i can't remember the word you mean like working on your own self yeah like um but also about other women you know about other women's choices like i think there's i've done a lot of um you know from being a young and i, I will continue to do that a lot of growth and you know learning about other people and how other people live and other choices women make but i would when i was younger you know you have you have, you have certain views that you think actually me dictating what another woman has done in their life or me judging someone else for that that is actually misogyny or that's actually not very feminist or so I challenge myself all the time on those views and think am I thinking that because they're a woman or am I thinking that because this and you've got to correct and check yourself as well sometimes I think that's super important it's not just about you know getting men to think differently it's about getting everyone to think differently i think that's that's absolutely it's like that that big change that i mean we can all pick apart different parts of society but like you say that part of it that that you're thinking i don't think Mm. would be from internally you it's Mm. what you've picked up from society 100 yeah it's Mm. trade you oh my god courtney this could Mm. be like a whole new series i I knew there was a reason you liked each other Hi, I initially began these interviews in March 2021 to coincide with International Women's Day. Through my business, Busy Bee Virtual Assistants, I had been introduced to so many women who had diversified their careers, created their own businesses, and had become more successful in their own rights. My name is Erin, and I founded Busy Bee Virtual and Social Media Assistant Service in the beginning of the global pandemic, June 2020. I had recently had to change my career due to a disability, and I had to give up the idea of conventional working. So I sat and I made a list of what skill sets I had. And from that, Busy Bee was born. So how I help my clients is they have a friendly, dedicated and professional partner in their corner. That's the essence of what I wanted Busy Bee to be. I'm the perfect fit for you if you are a creative freelancer, small business or entrepreneur. And you're getting overwhelmed by the myriad of tasks that you are facing daily. 
We've all been there, haven't we? Struggling with emails, customer service, website management, and that social media upkeep. My service swoops in to take these tasks right out of your hands, allowing you to concentrate on what you truly love. If you'd like to work with me, head over to my website and press contact. Now let's continue. Back to you. No problem. No <laughs> so, problem. Um, talking about it. The next question was, what advice do you have to, <laughs> this doesn't have to be female gender related or anything. <laughs> um because obviously there's more than just female and male mm-hmm. but um what would you tell any future startups that want to start up their own business mm-hmm. like you've done because you're quite young as well aren't you mm-hmm. not that you're young, yeah no i started i started freelancing when i was 20 so yeah i was fairly young looking back not so much now <laughs> well, you are but i don't want to make feel it feel like, like it's oh you're so young and inexperienced yeah. when you've got more experience than me but are younger than me yeah what yeah, advice so do you have for the people years um I'm trying to think really yeah so there's so much so many different things I always if anyone I know is going self-employed or anything I'll just I always divulge all this information onto them um, I'm trying to sum it up in one thing of advice if it's if you've got a bit I would say like trusting your own instincts is really important I know that's such a cliche on like trusting your gut but for me, I've made so many decisions based on what I think I should be doing because other people are doing them. <clears throat> Comparing myself to others and, and sort of going with what the general um, status quo is because I think that's the way people want, um, you know, thinking about, oh, this is what a business owner should look like and this is what a business owner should act like and how they should talk and how they should present themselves. Um, and this is what my company should be doing because all of these other digital agencies are doing that and kind of trying to keep I have gone through stages where I thought oh you know I'm not doing this I'm worried about it um, but actually trusting my own gut and going with what I want to do and what I feel comfortable with and what's working for me that's something that I'm always trying to do and re- reel myself back into because that's when I'm most happy when I'm sort of not just doing whatever I want, obviously there's got to be a certain certain rules within that. But yeah, allowing myself to maybe just go with what I feel comfortable with. I've, I, I think the worst thing is trying to run a business and keeping up with the with the Jonas's. I think the phrase is, yeah. um, and trying to keep up with the next thing. And you you don't feel like you're doing it for the right reasons. When I start working with clients and when I've started working on projects that really matter to me or working in a way that actually works for me, looking like a way that actually works for me rather than thinking I've got to wear, you know, um, a pantsuit or like a, a, a really corporate dress or something like that, you see. And like that works for some women in business, you know, that's their brand and that's their look. But I had this um, yeah, idea of, you know, you've got to wear suits or, you know, that kind of thing to be a business owner. It took me so long to realise that actually I am a business owner and like proudly say that. I used to say when people said, oh, you run your own business. I'd be like, oh, yeah, just, you know, like not really. But actually I do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think in short, yeah, trusting what's right for you. And always listening to your own gut rather than, you know, I'm not saying only listen to yourself. I always get a range of opinions from different people. And like I said, I've had so many like mentors, formal and informal, to help me uh, get where I am. And I will in- continue in the future, always get advice from other people as well. But don't get advice from other people from the point where you're just doing what other people say you should be doing, especially if it doesn't feel right in, in your heart. 
if that makes sense. <laughs> and no, that's with life as well. Life, no, it's brilliant. That's a yeah. life in general. We, um, my children, oh, we're going back to the children. My kid had to decided to go to a different secondary school to his peers mm-hmm. because his other friends were going to this school. So it was like a split thing. And I wondered yeah. about it. And I remember my uh, Richard, my husband, saying, "He will learn, and he will do well if he's happy and if he's comfortable. That's where he wants to go." And I've always listened to that because that was the same with starting this business. I do listen to people's advice, mm-hmm. but I have. If I feel really anxious or I feel really sick about doing something because it just doesn't feel right, yeah, I've learned now in my old age not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, I listen to advice all the times, yeah. but I choose when to follow that advice yeah, without exactly. it being detrimental to my mental health mm-hmm. and my own business as it is. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I think that's really, really good good bit of advice yeah because you can easily get especially as a startup you can easily get swept up in reading loads of information about what business owners should be doing whether it's like actual running the business um or like you know people who wake up at 5 a.m and they do all this stuff and that it can be really overwhelming for people to come in and they're thinking okay well that mentor or that online personality says to do it this way and that online personality says to do it that way and then you constantly think you're striving for something that doesn't really work for you obviously over time then it is a learning curve you you want to take that advice on board but ultimately yeah I think the most happy you are is just kind of doing your own thing and taking little bits of things from other people but not having to compare yourself to others 100% do you find it easier um because I know that you use different uh people to help so Mm -hmm. like I've got a business mentor I don't know if you've got a business mentor but I know that you have um that you have contact with other businesses that you use Mm -hmm. for things would you say that that it's better to actually pay out to have that kind of resource rather than just relying on listening to the experts online yeah it is an interesting one i think if you get a business mentor who you feel comfortable with so i like um a lot of things uh, and it does date back to the history degree and wanting to get loads of different information from different sources like i have friends and like people who i've worked with who i would class as kind of mentors even though we've got a good relationship because i've asked them for advice and you know but they're sort of informal if you like mm-hmm. and then i've got a guy who he is from a different industry which i always think is really interesting um that i pay and he is like a, I suppose business advisor would be the right word. And he's from a traditional banking industry, um, um, completely different generation from me and offers me a completely different perspective of like what I'm doing. Because I think there is a danger sometimes if you just talk to say the same people who are in your headspace, you've got nowhere, no one to challenge you on those thoughts or offer something else to the table. So I went with this guy again, it was only out of like knowing him from my network that I went with him. And I was a bit hesitant at first because I knew he was from quite a traditional industry being banking, completely different to what I've done. But he completely understood and was willing to learn and actually even though I'm a completely different business and it's digital and creative um there's so many similarities between you know all businesses in in general so what I'm trying to get at is yeah I think it was good to pay it's good to pay him you know I think you know it's, it's a small amount each month not small but it's it's an investment each month but it's not you know breaking the bank 
you know, when I first started out, I made the mistake of obviously not wanting to spend money. Yes. Um, mm. uh, and then I quickly learned that obviously, you know, so I've got you that I speak to. I have um, other people that have their own businesses, but all in different fields. And then I got my business mentor and I quite, it's like a therapist. Yes, a business therapist. <laughs> Richard doesn't have to listen to me, go on at them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's been, obviously he's been listening to me about that course and everything. Mm -hmm. But he, he was, doesn't give me the right answer. But if I go to my business mentor, she could say that actually the same thing as him. Yeah. But for some reason, I can register it when it turns. Yeah, because the relationship's completely different. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. I speak to my partner about stuff all the time. And um, I've also been in therapy as well during you know the last five years in and out so that's a different perspective then and we have spoke about business issues and a lot of because when you work for yourself a lot of your own personal you know it does tie in your own personal issues tie into the business so that's syndrome exactly like that. so i've definitely worked on it from a personal perspective so you could i would class her as kind of like part of you know my growth as a business as well and then yeah i've got this guy who's more of like financial uh, the financial side which I'm not 100% sure and I also work with an accountant as well I would say about the thing about um and obviously yourself helping me out with VA stuff um as well but I was going to say on that like spending money um it's like that speculate to accumulate thing I think Del Boy says it um, <laughs> but uh, at first yeah it's difficult when you're starting out it is difficult to think oh I'm going to spend that money because you don't actually have the money I've definitely been there where I've been thinking you know, have I got enough money to put on my electric meter? Like I'm not in this cloud nine where I, I think, you know, everyone can spend this amount a month on a VA or this person can spend loads of money on a financial advisor. Um, definitely, you know, it, it's about building that up. I didn't just do that overnight. But once I started admitting to myself that I did need help, that was a big thing as well. It wasn't even necessarily financial, especially when I started working with you. It was like admitting and letting go of the responsibility when it's your own business and i think that's okay. a big one and almost i want to say as well going back to the women in business theme sometimes i think women um and there has been research into this you know you're the, you're a caretaker role and i don't want to put that on every woman you know it's not 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 as black and white as this but you end up where you want to take care of everything and you, you want to be in control and you want to be but it's very difficult for me to go, oh, yeah, I'll give that a delegate. It's very difficult to delegate. But, you know, if you find the right person, like I have done, thank God, <laughs> not just saying this, um, it's, it, it's been such a nice learning curve for myself to be able to, to allow people to do my stuff, you know, and help me. And I'm not a control freak, but I like to be in control because I think the book lies with me then. Um, I'm not I, I wouldn't class myself as a natural manager of people if I'm honest which you might agree with now you've been working no, with me. <laughs> and then set thirdly it's um it's it is that it is financial sometimes once you get to but one I would say once you get to a financial point where you could allow someone to help even if it's bookkeeping something that you really don't want to do in the business it just helps you free up that space to create to do more creative stuff or maybe you don't like doing marketing and creating and go and hire someone who's good at that but you actually love doing the bookkeeping side of things you know it's either way so last question before we finish yeah who has been your inspiration either in work mm -hmm. or in life oh i was meant to think of one of these when i was going through the question <laughs> i have so many different everybody everyone yeah because I, I don't um 
I'm not one of these people who sort of like follow celebrities or like idolize those types of people. I have so many different types of inspirations. Like my parents have been one. I know that's cliche, but like they're both um, you know, worked all their life, like working class like grafters, if that makes sense, like working yeah. all the time. So um that they've always installed a really good work ethic to me. Um and you know, financial side of things they've taught me a lot to do with, you know, don't spend stuff that you haven't earned yet and all that stuff so I think that was that would be one um I'm trying to think of other other things something profound I could say here but I'm really struggling I'm also inspired by like so there's so many people I've met through running my own business and like sort of networking online as well as offline within my own city and just I just get inspired by anyone who's passionate about their own thing and I'm trying to think of other things like anyone who is just passionate about what they're doing it just I really enjoy writing about and luckily that's like a big part of my job is like finding out what people do and interviewing them and like bringing that to life on like through content and that's what I really enjoy I think. Lovely so thank you for talking to me thanks so much for having me on and yeah I'll speak to you soon thank you. Bye. See you later Bye. Connie. Bye.